Happy New Year, everyone. We are thrilled to have you here, whether you're in the house or joining us online from your house. Uh, I'm Jack. If we haven't met yet, uh, one of the pastors here, it's a delight to gather with you as we begin a brand new year together. So just a couple quick housekeeping things for those of you who are here and you might be new. Uh, we love having new people. We know it takes courage coming to a new place. And so we'd love to invite you to download our free app at Element City Church in your app store. And you can download that. You can follow along with sermon notes. You can get a playlist of songs that you'll hear tonight, what you uh, hear us uh, play week after week. Um, and uh, if you're online, we've got an online host that you can engage with. We'd love to pray for you tonight. If you got that, if you are new, we'd love to invite you to fill out our connection card. Uh, and you can do that in a couple different ways. On the app, you can just hit the connection card online, hit the top right button, you'll see it. Or you can text the word hello to our text number, which is 520-340-6868. Just type in hello. You'll get a couple quick texts on and then we're all connected, and we want to invite you to the 10-minute party at the end of the service, right back in that corner. I'd love to meet you and kind of hear your story a little bit, be able to talk to you a little bit about elements, and uh, we've got the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon just for you uh, if you're new. So if you're online and new, I don't have any popcorn for you. I'm sorry, but uh, we'd love to give it to you when you do come uh, in person, and we're thrilled to just gather tonight. Uh, tonight, we're starting off a brand new series called Tov, and I will explain what in the world that me word means. It's Hebrew for something. Stay tuned. Uh, and we'll kind of dive into that, and so just, I love the fact of how we as a church get to champion one another, and we know life has been kind of crazy uh, the last few, uh, let's say, 18 months plus going on, uh, and and we just continue to pray for one another and continue to pray and ask for God's goodness to be a part of your life and uh, this whole new year. And tonight at the end of the message, we're going to have some time of just praying for one another and time praying for our city. So just invite you to kind of enter into an attitude of worship and prayer with us tonight. Uh, the Church of the Week will start back next week, so it's us this week. Uh, we get to pray for elements. And so we're excited for who we are and all God is doing in and through us and excited to have you here online or here in person uh, to worship with us. And so thanks for giving a little bit of your time and investing it here. So if you're in the house, I would love to ask you to stand up. If you're at your house, you could stand up if you want. We won't know. Um, but let's pray into our evening. We'll worship a little bit. Uh, we'll look into God's word. We'll end with some worship. So that's kind of where we're going for the next hour or so, okay? So God, thank you for the time that we can gather as your church. Uh, Father, we continue to pray your blessing over everyone who calls Element City Church home. We're asking that you continue to weave your presence into the hearts and lives of the people that would say, this is our home church. Uh, God, whether they're online or here in person, we're praying that your activity, your grace, your love, your truth, your goodness would be active within their life. We pray as we worship tonight that you would just allow us to kind of launch into 2022, leaning into your presence, recognizing that you are a God who is still with us in the ups and downs and the everyday portion of our life. So God, would your spirit be here? We invite you, Holy Spirit, to be active in our hearts, our lives tonight, and all of God's people said... Amen. All right, let's put our hands together. We're excited to worship Jesus together. So let's just sing these songs with all that we have. Let's enjoy the presence of God with us tonight. Amen. Arise, my soul. Remember this. 
just take a moment and sense his presence. Let's just know in this moment that he's here. Jesus is here with us. His spirit is in this place and is moving in people's hearts. And his deepest desire, his deepest joy would be that we would experience his glory and respond to it. So just in your heart, would you respond to him now? Thank you that your spirit went before us tonight to prepare this time for all of us to come and to experience you, to experience your goodness. And so Lord, would you just direct our hearts that way to see how you're moving, to see the good things that you're doing in our lives and in the lives of those who are around us. The fact of the matter is some of us in this room are feeling broken tonight feeling stressed out, they're feeling at their wit's end, maybe on their last nerve. And they're just looking for some peace. And so God, would you bring that peace uh, into their heart, into their life? For those of us who don't see where you're at, how you're moving or, or what good things you're doing, God, would you just tonight, would you speak to us just one good thing that you have been doing to reorient our hearts uh, into a place of gratitude for how you're working. We're just grateful that we get to gather together as the church to lift up with one voice, your name, your greatness, your goodness. We love you, Jesus. Would you have your way in this place? We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. So good to worship together, and uh, glad to have you here on the first Sunday of a brand new year, which is probably a mixture of emotions for you. Um, I don't know if over uh, the holiday break or so, if you had a chance to um, watch any shows, but I have fallen in love with this new show that is on Disney Plus called Welcome to Earth. I don't know if you've watched this at all. Uh, it has Will Smith, just because he's the Fresh Prince. I think that's cool. Uh, and they fly him all over the world. And it's just this crew that is helping kind of capture the beauty of creation around us. Uh, the first episode, he's at this volcanic, uh, or this volcano that is erupting, and it's, I think, in Indonesia. And it's just this crazy, as they go in and talk about the sound of a volcano and how they're recording that. And, and, and in the second episode, he's into the deep sea, and we're, we're talking like 3,000 feet down. And I, I can't imagine being in that little tiny sub with three people as they're diving down there, and, and just the pitch blackness of it, and yet when you light things up, you, you see these creatures that are just part of the creation that God established 3,000 feet below that you and I never see. Like, you're not going to find that at the lake when you go. You're not going to find that in any expression of where you go. And in these other episodes, they, they see just this whole idea of the under, the ground world, and just like, who thought fungus would be cool? 
it's actually cool. And it's amazing how it begins to, to kind of grow in the interconnection of that. And just, I encourage you to kind of dive into it. And what, what, I, what has captivated me in that is to see this language of creation speaking about, in a lot of ways, revealing God in so many different aspects that I hadn't seen and I haven't had the, the pleasure of noticing and seeing all that, that creation reveals God, his nature, his character, his goodness. And we want to say that creation is good because God's good. And even though creation isn't God, he, it's still good, just like God is good. So he's gifted us creation. Have you ever had a moment, maybe for me, I remember the first time I got to go to Estes Park, Colorado, and, and see Bear Lake and get to go around and, and just to see the snow-capped Rocky Mountains in the middle of summer and there. I don't know if you've had a moment where you've gotten to maybe go visit somewhere in creation that just kind of, it, it captivates you. It, it almost takes your breath away, and so to speak. Anyone ever had a moment like that? Maybe it was somewhere around the globe, Maybe it was just somewhere around the corner for you from where you lived. But into that moment, into the vastness of creation, you, you kind of marvel at uh, what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1, that this invisible qualities of God just kind of speak of his nature and his power and his beauty. And, and not just his power and his divine nature, but really his goodness to creation. That if we're honest, the, the mess that we make of things at times, or the mess even we make relationally at times, there's just something that speaks about how God's goodness is even in the midst of that. We see God's power and his genius as an architect and the maker of creation, and yet we also see his care and his goodness to creation. As Jesus says, that God dresses the lilies of the field and he feeds the birds of the air and he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. That God just has a way of caring for things. Now listen, there is brokenness, okay? We, we get that. I don't have to remind you of that. But there's also just profound beauty, isn't there? There's something that speaks about this. And if the interconnection operations of the whole world speak about the power of God, yes, but they also speak about the goodness of God. And we see this in his wisdom and his kindness and his goodness. Creation is good and it reflects the nature of who God is and it reflects his goodness to us. Which kind of brings me to this series, okay? Tov, what is that? Well, it's a Hebrew word Take a wild guess what you think it means. I've used the word goodness several times. Tov means good in Hebrew. Uh, and, and really throughout the scriptures, you'll see in the Hebrew is kind of the language of the Old Testament mostly. Uh, Greek and a little bit of Aramaic, mostly the language of the New Testament. And we see correlations of this. And Jesus talks about it in, in the New Testament. And, and we also see over 400 times this word tov is used in the Old Testament. It speaks about this idea of beauty and of health uh, I don't know if you are on a, I mean, most Americans get on some kind of health kick for about four days of a new year. 
Uh, maybe you're one of those Americans, uh, and I wish you that you make at least five or six days. Um, so maybe one week, if you could go for that. Uh, for some people, it's, it's maybe turning over a new leaf and changing your lifestyle a little bit. Uh, it's to be about this health side of things, this good side of things. And we want to spend the next uh, month or so kind of looking at um, what does it mean to have a, a godly goodness culture within a church and within the, the realm of influence that we can have as individual believers. Now, you may be here and you're not a person of faith yet. Maybe you're just investigating. And man, I think it's awesome that you're here. In fact, we want to be a church where you don't have to be part of the convinced to belong here and that you can be on your own journey with maybe kind of waking up to God. And for some of you, maybe you're starting off the brand new year. Maybe you're tuning in online. You're like, I, I just, there's something more that has to be about life and you're just kind of investigating. And I just, I think you ought to keep pursuing after God. He's actually pursuing after you, whether you recognize it or not. And so in that pursuit, my hope and our prayer for you is that you would, you would find one another. That there would be some connections and intersections of life that happen that are just maybe even too much or too far to explain. And in this particular series, we want to spend some time looking at what does it mean to create a godly, good kind of culture in church or in the world, in the sphere of influence that we have. We got this from an acclaimed book that's called A Church Called Tove uh, that we read about a year ago. Uh, uh, Dr. Scott McKnight, who is a New Testament scholar and was actually one of the best scholars in the world, his daughter Laura wrote this book, and uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, the reason it's so captivating is because it speaks about this beauty and the goodness of God, and yet, it, it kind of juxtaposes this with some of the brokenness and the abuse and the toxicity that we see in culture around us, and, and sadly, that we see even within the lives of the church. And, and so it is this um, kind of tug of war emotionally, as you read through it, of saying, hey, like, church should be this way, and yet we see so many different expressions of the brokenness and the damage and the hurt that can happen, and uh, the truth is, um, we are all human. Uh, raise your hand if you're human. Yeah, that means you're broken. Um, and my hope is that you would be healthy. That's what we want to be healthy. That's what I want to be, healthy. But I'm still broken, and I, I still have brokenness as a part of me. You do too. And when you get broken people around Sometimes things break, and sometimes things go sideways, and, and what we want to be is a church that's working on this goodness of God, and actually having that manifest itself more and more into our lives. The word tov is used, like I said, over 400 times in the Old Testament. Uh, one of the first times you see it is in Genesis chapter 1, so like this year I'm spending the year in the Old Testament, and so I just read a couple days ago uh, the beginning of the creation story, and, and God kind of caps that off. The very last verse of Genesis chapter 1 says this, God saw all that he made, and it was very tov. It was very good. God saw all that he made and said, this is good. Taste and see that the Lord is tov, that the Lord is good. Lord, you are tov, you are good. What you do is good. Teach me your ways, the psalmist says. Surely your tov, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. That's how the psalmist ends 
in Psalm 145. So this rhythm of goodness that you see in the life of God, this, we understand it more, it, you can put more Hebrew words around it, more English words around it. So this idea of tov, this idea of good, is like very good, very well done, perfect, harmony, masterpiece. All these English terms are more, are found of what it means to be beautifully tov to be kind of this godly good in the world. And we want to focus on forming ourselves as a church and as individuals, that God would look at you as an individual, God would look at us as a group of people as his church and say, that's tov. That's good. Because we believe this. If we can live more and more in the goodness of who God is and who God is, longs to be for people, that becomes really attractive to a people who live in a world that's very broken. And what if the church was different than the brokenness of the world around us in a way that is this good and God's good in the world? We have all witnessed when good is not the norm of a culture or of an organization or even a group of people. And the great damage and pain that can occur when that begins to play out. The great harm that that does to relationships when toxicity runs rampant and abuse or neglect or intimidation is so much a part of the culture around you. And I don't have to ask you if it was just you and me sitting at coffee and we were just chatting. My hunch is you've experienced some of the abuse, some of the, the intimidation, some of the, the hard brokenness of life, whether that was in your family structure growing up, whether that was in your work culture, whether that was in a church in a previous past, whether that was in just scenarios of relationships that you have. My hunch is that's not foreign to you. And we don't have to watch the news long to be able to see glimpses of that around the, the world. And what we long to be is a church that says we don't want that to be a part of our story. Uh, we've seen ministry meltdowns after another, one after another, and character plays an indispensable role in forming and uh, kind of preserving and undergirding a church's culture. A lack of character in leadership or within a core group of people can damage decades of hard work and vision and growth in a blink of an eye. And I could name churches to you. There's a couple in the Chicago area, there's, a, there's one in the Seattle area, and there's lots of others that maybe don't have the fanfare or the name curb appeal, where we've seen the damage kind of ripple out from that. And the truth is, it could happen here, and we don't want it to. See, Tov is an active thing. Goodness of God is an active thing. It's not passive, it's not a set reality. It can either grow and expand or it can shrink. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see Jesus as Tov. He is the goodness of God on display. We talked about this at Christmas. Jesus is God in a bod. It's the goodness of God on display. Jesus doesn't just do Tov or do good things. He is good. To be like Jesus or to be Christ-like is to be good, to be like him more and more. And so the theme of actively doing tov or doing good runs throughout the entire Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Solomon's famous petition in 1 Kings 8, he kind of creates this pristine summary and he says, God, would you call us back to your goodness? And he prays that, he, that God would teach his people 
the good way that we should walk. And again, in the Old Testament language, walking was kind of like a lifestyle word. It was the way you were to live. Would you teach us to walk in the goodness of who you are? Jesus taught us to do good even to our enemies and to people that we would produce good fruit in our life. Having good character as a person and as a church, a culture, it matters, friends. And Jesus taught about the centrality of our character and how to discern good character from bad when he talked about this idea of good fruit and bad fruit. I don't know if you remember this story in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said these words, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they were ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? That's a rhetorical question, an actual question Jesus asked. Well, duh, no, they don't. Uh, how many of you have had thorn bushes in your yard? You live in Arizona, right. You don't go and get grapes for them. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree, good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to be known by your fruit. We have to have the good fruit of God and his goodness reproducing itself from within us as followers of Jesus. Jesus longs to reproduce himself and his goodness, his tove, in and through you. We are not only hidden in Christ, the Apostle Paul talks about, but we are being transformed in Christ to have more and more of the fruit and the goodness of Jesus on display in and through our actions, our reactions. Jesus taught this in Luke chapter 6. A good man uh, brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus is saying. So what's going on inside actually finds its way out. And I don't need to tell you that. You have coworkers that you work with, and you see it on display. You have family members that you are around, and you see it on display. And sometimes it's a beautiful thing, and it's a good thing. And sometimes it's not so tove, Right? Sometimes it's not so tov, not so good, of what begins to overflow and begins to come out in what you begin to experience around you. In character, who we are in the inside, that's what the scriptures are kind of getting at. Saying, listen, God wants to do some transformative work within you and some renewal kind of work where you're producing the good that he has for you. The Apostle Paul zeroes in on this character with a different metaphor, not uh, good fruit or bad fruit, but it kind of gets at this idea of the flesh and the spirit. And he talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, So I say to you, Galatians 5 verse 16, Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. Have you ever had a moment where you feel like this tug of war inside of you? I want to do the good, but yet then you want to do what's not so tov. And maybe you've experienced that internal tug of war. That's what Paul's saying. You're going to have this tug of war inside of you as a, as a person who is trying to live your life for Jesus. He goes on, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, which we think, oh, those are the biggies. But in the same level... 
He puts hatred and discord and jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy. Anyone never struggle with those? Yeah, me neither. Sarcasm. We all struggle with those. Drunkenness, orgies, the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the bad fruit. And then he goes on and says, listen, if you walk in the Spirit and you let the Holy Spirit be more and more active in your life, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit, meaning the Spirit is moving. And he wants us to be right in tow, right behind him. This is the kind of fruit that we're to have demonstrated and and have a ripple effect coming out from our lives. We will each battle this tug of war inside of us. You'll have it, I have it, we all will have it. As a follower of Jesus, you will have this emotional tug of war, which fruit, bad or good, or which uh, flesh or spirit will be a part and on display in your life. See, toxic, flesh-driven cultures breed a lust for power, success, celebrity, control through fear, an emphasis on authority and demands for loyalty. And these values may not be explicit, or outwardly even recognized, but there's kind of this undercurrent toe within it. They fester in the heart of people, and they cannot help but bear bitter fruit who damages culture and seeking to destroy anyone that gets in its way. But a spirit-formed culture, a Christ-like culture, on the other hand, nurtures truth, offers healing for the wounded, seeks opportunities to show redemptive grace and love, and it focuses on serving others rather than being served. And so we're going to keep in step with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit begins with love and includes goodness. And if we focus only on the positive traits and we miss the list that Paul gives right before that, then we'll miss the tug of war. And and the truth is that we'll be there. And something is calling for your attention and for your affections and for your desires to live out the flesh or the spirit. And Jesus is saying, I want you to walk in the spirit more and more. I want this to be the fruit that's produced in your life, in you and through you. And I'll be at work doing that, the transformative work. Each aspect of the fruit of the spirit is also an act of resistance against the other acts that the world says, this is the way you're to live. Selfish ambition? Yeah, that needs to be your mantra. No, and Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Service needs to be that. And so there's this act of resistance and this tug of war that goes on. To do tov requires us to resist what tov is not. What is bad and evil and corrupt and takes us to place. To live in the spirit is to, res- is to resist the works and acts of the flesh. And over and over the scriptures teach us to pursue goodness Paul writes, the acts of the flesh, they're obvious. I didn't have to even give you that list, and you could list it. But the the list of the Spirit, that's something that's not necessarily natural. It's something that he wants to produce within us. And living a life of toe means resisting the sinfulness and the toxicity of the acts of the flesh. 
what people experience when they come in contact with you or in contact with the church, its services, its leaders, its people, its programs, defines your culture. It defines the church's culture. Whether we're living in alignment with the Tove culture and the goodness of God or whether we're living in alignment with the world and the ways of the world around us and its cultural influence. See, the gospel is about God's Tove, his goodness coming in Jesus, who is Tove, God in a bod, goodness on display. And he wants to make us agents of Tove in the world around us. Jesus is the one true man of Tove, and what every church needs is a model of goodness in its pastors, its leaders, its people. And we'll come to no surprise that the perfect example of this is Jesus. It's the Sunday school answer. It's Jesus. Focus on him. Pick up your Bible and read. Just read Matthew chapter 8 and 9 this week, and here's what you're going to find. You're going to see Tove in action. Here's what you'll see as you read through Matthew chapter 8 and chapter 9. Jesus is approachable, he's willing, he's compassionate, he's humble, he teaches and encourages and admonishes and challenges, he heals and forgives and restores because he sees and he listens. He models Tove as a resistance to the normal ways of the world, he reaches out to touch the unclean, he dines with tax collectors and other sinners, quote-unquote, confronting evil in people's hearts and casting out evil spirits with a simple command and healing all the sick. And then this summary statement at the very last part of chapter 9 says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages announcing the good news about the kingdom, the ways of God. The way of God and life with God is now available, it's accessible, it's here. That's the kingdom of God. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The good news announces from a good heart, Jesus is Tov. He's the goodness of God. And the gospel is all about his goodness. And his goodness being announced to the world around us, being announced into your life, and then being reproduced within your life more and more, that you would be more Tove this year at the end of 2022 than you were at the end of 2021 or the end of 2020 or the end of 2019, that there would be this continual expression and growing awareness of the goodness of God. We talk a lot around here about living out our mission, inviting people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus, and that we kind of central and kind of center our hearts around this idea of reach, equip, and send. This idea of reach, we want to reach people who are not here yet, who are not walking with God and don't know a God who actually has good intentions for them and longs to be in relationship with them. We want to help people reach up and worship into the goodness of who God is for them. We want to equip people to follow after Jesus, to actually live the life of Jesus more and more as a disciple of him. And we want to send people out as active agents. In fact, we use these words, to be active agents for God and his good in the world. In the spheres of influence around you and where you have influence and where you have connections, that you would be an active agent for God and his good in the world that as a church, we want to champion that. We want to send people out into that. Here's the takeaway truth for tonight. It's really simple and really blunt. The greatest apologetic for our theology is the way we treat people. 
unless, of course, you act like a jerk. Then the greatest threat to our theology is the way you treat people. As a Christian, as a, as a representative of Jesus, I have met people who have walked with Jesus for a long time, and they're a jerk to people. And I want to say, listen, I'm jerky at times. I hope I'm less of a jerk this year than I was five years ago. I hope that the goodness of God is transforming my life and being reproduced more in my life that I would come across more and more like Jesus in the everyday scenarios and situations that I face, and I hope the same is for you. I think our world is tired of jerks in the church. Let's just be really blunt. Sometimes the church has been very They've just been jerks. I could put other words. You could too. And if that's your story, if that's part of your past, and maybe you kind of checked church off the list for a long time, and you're kind of maybe even just beginning to come back, I've got a couple friends that are just kind of on that back horizon of trying to connect, then I want to say to you, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that you experienced that. I'm sorry that it played out that way for you. I wish it was different. And I hope that as a church, in this expression of God's kingdom, that we would not be that way. Listen, we're broken. I'm broken. So I'm probably going to do some jerky things at times. But I hope I'm quick to repent of that. I hope that I'm quick to say, man, I need you to forgive me for that. That was, I, I came at that wrong. And I hope that we begin to reflect that in our kind of relationships. What if that began to ripple out from your life? Do you think your cubicle, and the people, a uh, couple cubicles down, would begin to notice if you're acting different than the world around you? I think they would. Because I think this idea of God's goodness in the world begins to capture people's attention. So we have a good God who loves us, who has saved us and continually saving us, who is transforming us and remaking us to be more and more like his son, to be good in the goodness of God on display, to be tov. We are to be his agents of tov and his goodness in the world in our capacity, in our reach, and the opportunities that he puts before us. So kind of this series, this is a setup for where we're going. If you want to buy the book, I encourage you to read it. I think what you'll see is there's going to be some takeaways for us. And what does this begin to look like? What does the goodness of God on display begin to look like? What we're going to look at the next few weeks is the empathy and compassion that we see in the life of Jesus, the grace that we see in the life of Jesus, of putting people first, of championing the truth, of being truth-tellers. That doesn't mean everything is rosy all the time, but you can tell the truth in grace and love. That you champion justice and that you serve others and that you're growing in our Christ-likeness. See, a toxic culture will always resist a tov culture, but a tov culture, by the power of the Spirit, will always go to battle and begin to transform a toxic culture. We want to be that Tove kind of culture. We want his church, Jesus' church, to be that kind of Tove culture in how it inter- 
interconnects uh, with society around us. And so what I'd like to do tonight is just kind of invite us into a moment of prayer. Uh, it's a brand new year. And I'm going to invite you right where you're at, whether you're watching online at home or whether you're here in the room, to kind of enter into this prayer practice with me. This is going to be different. We don't normally do this. And so I'm going to invite you to kind of either right where you're at, uh, you may actually want to kneel as a part of this. I'm going to. Uh, you may want to just kind of spread out if there's got extra seats next to you. If you just want to enter in, this is going to be a four or five minute exercise, a practice for us to begin this whole brand new year of praying into for God to be at work and for his tove, his goodness to begin to impact me, to begin impacting you, that you would experience that, that it would begin to, to maybe minister to the people that are struggling around you that it would begin to have an impact in that. In our, our app, um, if you want to download that, if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the app, you're going to find a 21-day uh, prayer guide that I invite you, if you want, this month of January, is to pick 21 days and do that. We started last year with that. It's still good, and we'd like to use it again. And so we invite you to make that maybe part of a prayer practice for you in this month of January. So I invite you maybe even just to sit where you are with your hands open and to get comfortable for a couple minutes here as we seek God in prayer on behalf of ourselves, on behalf of people, on behalf of our city. Make sense? So we're going to enter into a time of prayer. And so here's what I want you to do. Take a deep breath. Just kind of quiet your heart. There isn't anything mystical about this. This is just us seeking out God. And if prayer is new for you, uh, the simplest way to put it, it's just you and God talking. He may not have an audible voice to you. Maybe he will. But it's really just a sense of being contemplative and putting our attention in his direction. So for this next minute, I'd love for us to pray. God, you are good. It is the only thing that you are. God, we want to be a people that experience your goodness. So maybe just make that the prayer of your heart. God, would you help me to experience your goodness this year? Goodness is not the definition of everything going great. No problems. Goodness is the presence of God with you in every single moment. It's what Paul says in Romans 8, that if God is for me, then who can be against me? Circumstances can't Steal me away from God's love. Friend, you are loved beyond measure. The creator of the heavens and the earth knows you, notices you, is tiled in to you. So take a moment and just ask, God, would you help me to experience your goodness more this year? Would you reproduce your goodness in me. 
Secondly, I want to take a moment and pray for people that are struggling. I know this about you. You are, you know, and you're connected to those that are struggling around you. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker, a friend. And your heart just aches for what they're having to battle through, what they're having to walk through right now. So maybe with your hands open, maybe you want to kneel. And just, you're seeking for God's goodness, for the goodness of his presence, his help, his healing, his activity, to burst into their life in a new way that would awaken them to the presence of him. And so take a moment. Maybe it's a subgroup of people that you have on your heart. Maybe it's a specific individual. Seek for God's goodness to invade and to be present, to be active in their lives right now. of the people that we're lifting up. Thirdly, as a church, we care about our city. So we want to take a moment and just at the beginning of 2022, pray for God's goodness to be on display through his churches, through his people, in and throughout our city. That could be with disadvantaged children, maybe in the foster care system that we want to pray for. Maybe maybe it's first responders, maybe it's the business sector, whatever that may be. There's maybe subgroups of things that happen all throughout our city. I think of our schools. So whatever God kind of puts on your heart to take a moment here and to pray for God's goodness and his activity to be moving forward on behalf of of this beautiful city that we love in Tucson. So take a moment.
Father, we believe in the power of prayer. Prayer wasn't just a practice that, that Jesus said, hey, if you get around to it, do this. It was part of the work of partnership with you. So God, I, I pray for those that are dialed in or sitting here. I pray that your tove, your goodness, would invade their hearts and their lives this year. That you would surprise them often with your beauty, with your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your goodness, your kindness, your generosity, your wisdom, your discernment. May they sense you active, alert, aware every day of their lives. Pray this year that you would increase their awareness of your activity. God, we pray for the individuals that we lifted up. We're asking for your healing and your help and your hope to meet them in a refreshing way, even now, in this particular moment, God. God, we love your city. We need your activity in our city. Think of some of the darkest corners around our city and the places and the realms where hope seems really dim. We're asking, God, would you do what only you can do? Systems and structures and we can work on that and we need to get better at it. But God, there's only so much that that can accomplish. It needs a touch from you. So we pray your blessing over the children of the city, the agencies and the organizations that make our city run. We pray for health and healing, your activity to be on display. God, would you let your church rise up in a way that prays for your city praise for your people that you care about. The million plus people that are in our city and surrounding area that aren't connected to any church or any place of faith. You know each name. You know each heart. You know each backstory. You know their future. We're asking God would you go to work. Draw them to yourself. Let them see and sense your presence, that you are for them, not against them. Would you help us as a church to champion a Tove kind of culture, the goodness of God in the realms and the spheres of influence that you've positioned us and placed us in? Would you help us to be agents for you and your good in the world, we pray. And as we worship you, in these next couple songs, would you stir our hearts afresh to recognize your goodness for us, to experience it ourselves, and long to be those conduits who just pass it along to those around us, we pray.
goodness of God. Friends, he's good all the time. Even in the challenges, he's still good. And as a church, uh, we want to help people experience that goodness more and more. And so just encourage you to, to continue to lean in with us this month as we kind of delve into what does this begin to look like in practical ways to put God's goodness on display in our city, in our relationships, in our families. Um, we're going to close in a worship song here speaking about the good grace of God. And we're going to be dismissed after that. But just a couple uh, quick things. This uh, second Saturday, uh, we do a food distribution, which is part of the goodness of God, uh, giving away free food of partnering with Carry Ministries. And we, we try to bless 80 families or so uh, right here in the parking lot. So if you're new, you can always jump in with that. All the information is in the app under events. Uh, we pack all those boxes on the second Friday, which is this coming Friday, give it away on Saturday, 8.30 right here in the morning. Uh, we'd love to help uh, or have you help us for that. Uh, we've got e-groups and discipleship groups for you to get connected in the community. The Christian life is best live with people and not just a solo Lone Ranger journey. And so get connected maybe this year into an e-group if you're not, or if in discipleship group, we've got those groups getting started here toward the tail end of January, early February. Uh, if you need prayer tonight, we'd love to pray for you. Lyle will be down front here, and you can uh, get prayer there. If you are new, again, I invite you to the 10-minute party right after this final song. So let's sing about the good grace of God, and let this kind of be an anthem that sends you out into your week.
make this an anthem for our years. We sing this out. We're just gonna declare this over the place from the front to the back. Let's sing this out. All you heavens, let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All these children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide, come on. Swing wide. Happy New Year. We look forward to seeing you next week.